Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of The Infertile Diagnosis. I'm your host, Monica Cox, along with Sarah Clark, and we're here to support, inspire, and educate those who are all consumed with the label of infertility. We totally know how you're feeling. Both Sarah and I were diagnosed with a form of infertility before we hit our 30s. We let the fertility experts dictate our past and ignored what our bodies were trying to tell us for far too long. So here we are, helping you take control of your infertile diagnosis. This episode of the Infertile Diagnosis is brought to you by the Fertility Reconnect course, brought to you by me, Monica Cox from MyMindfulMe.com. Now this course is the course that I would have died for during my infertility years. If you are dealing with unexplained infertility or if you know you have an autoimmune issue, including thyroid issues, this is the course that's going to get really down to what is going on in your body. We're going to discover together what food you cannot eat and what food you can eat. We're going to work on our mental health and we're going to work together to build new, long-lasting, healthy routines and habits. So head over to the website, mymindfulme.com, pre-register and get on the list to be one of the first in line. There's only 25 seats available on this course. We're going to have registration on December 1st for two weeks, and then the course actually starts on January 4th. So head over to the website for more information. And while you're there, you can become a Mindful Me member for free. And you can actually check out the course and have exclusive access before it goes live. So once again, head over to mymindfulme.com and check out the Fertility Reconnect course. All right. Hello. Welcome back. We are on episode 20. This is like crazy. I just cannot believe how quick this like end of the year has gone. We are here to talk about the two hidden factors that are actually fucking with your fertility. So nothing to do surprise, surprise, with your lady bits, <laughs> your vagina, your ovaries, your eggs, your uterus. Um, these two factors, I know for me and for you, were probably the key to our infertility. So let's go into the first one, which is adrenals. Now, I want to kind of say um, that a lot of my listeners probably don't even know where the adrenals are located. I sure as fuck didn't know <laughs> until I started studying this stuff. I'm like, what are your adrenals? What do they do? Are they important? Nope, no clue. <laughs> um, but yeah, they are next to your kidneys, right? Mm-hmm. I think so pretty sure. Um, They're like super small, but they have this crazy impact on pretty much your whole body. And um, I don't know, I guess the the phrase adrenal fatigue is kind of getting out there, right? It's getting a little bit more popular. Is it like adrenal dysfunction more? Because I guess fatigue, I don't, yeah, dysfunction maybe, or insufficiency, I've heard. And um, I know we both see it 
pretty much in every single person we work with, talk to on Instagram, connect with on Facebook. I know I had it. Did you have it? I had it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably still have it. I know, like, if I've gone too far, I that's what's happened. I can feel, like, I can feel my eyes drying up. I can feel like I can just, because it's, like, chronic stress. And going through infertility, is, you know, obviously, it's kind of like the chicken or the egg. Is it the fact that you've got all these, you know, other things going on in your body? And also the mental, emotional stress of dealing with infertility. So that chronic stress, which then can like lead to, I've got an episode coming out actually in a week or so um, on my podcast talking all about mental health and how that is linked to infertility. So the gut brain connection and with, if there's issues with adrenal health, it could be, um, yeah, like your like anxiety or heart palpitations or, um, and I get this like low, low blood pressure or when you stand up you get dizzy i was like why am i like standing up i'm like feel like i'm gonna pass out um those could be signs of like an adrenal adrenal thing going on yeah exactly there's so many different things i think infertility is one of them it like infertility for me especially unexplained infertility that is screaming at you that your adrenals are not happy because you're adrenals are one of the main factors that control all of your sex hormones. Mm. So if you are having, you know, wonky cycles or short luteal phases or, you know, any of that, your adrenals are the things to look at and see what's really going on with, with that very important um, little triangle shape thing that most people don't know about. Yeah, that's why I like even looking at the at looking at mindfulness. So looking, working on your mindset that can that can help with it. Obviously, there's other stressors on the body, but the mental emotional side of it is is massive. And in also, if you have like sugar cravings, like I did, like crazy. I remember like when I started changing my diet, I'd look to the back of the the recipe book and like I always wanted to have a dessert because the sugar cravings were like so vicious. It could have also been I had some yeast overgrowth and things like that. But yeah sugar cravings are are a sign as well that there's some dysfunction going on like we yeah we like you use the use the dutch test and dig in further like what's going on with your sex hormones what's happening with your cortisol levels let's your melatonin like all all of that and you know we see it regularly where the cortisol completely flatlined and people are just like just burnt out like burnt out overwhelmed have done too much because it's a lot of type you know type a kind of people done too much and maybe have done like multiple failed cycles and then it's kind of like someone just reached out to me yesterday and you have the same thing too where people reaching out like five IVFs is there anything I can do yeah like let's put a pause and it's not a pause that you're doing nothing it's it's taking the time to say what you know what's going on in here so if we do decide to go back to the clinic it can work rather than like five like that's that emotionally that is heartbreaking yeah, exactly. And I think that's where the mindfulness comes in. You know, the mindfulness doesn't magically get you pregnant. What the mindfulness is doing is helping your body deal with the stress because it's always going to happen. It doesn't magically go away. Whether or not you're dealing with infertility, you're always going to have that stress. And it's how you deal with it is how your body reacts to it. So putting in those practices um, to be able to handle that stuff is what's going to help give your adrenals a fucking break, right? Like we are literally 
whacking our adrenals at so many different levels. And especially during infertility, we're overthinking, we're overanalyzing, you know, it's just this constant cycle. And then you get kind of the physical things on it where you are, this is kind of where white people say, I feel as well, don't have coffee. What does coffee have in it? Caffeine. What does caffeine to do to you? It overstimulates you. So there you go. Like you are like your adrenals get whacked. What else does society say to do? Oh, exercise. So most of the people are over-exercising because they need to lose weight. You know, that's what's supposed to make me healthy. All you're doing when you're over-exercising is whacking the shit out of your adrenals. And if you're having adrenal fatigue, you're not helping. That exercise is actually doing more damage to your body than helping you out. Yeah, like training for the marathon and is not not thing to do right now. And if you're like saying, I cannot cut back on exercise, you are fucking kidding. That's how I de-stress. That's where to dig into that resistance. Because if that could be the thing that actually helps you get pregnant, the fact that you're maybe running, you know, 30K a week, <laughs> like why? And I, I spoke to someone like a while ago, she had like celiac disease, plus she was, she was a long distance runner. And she's like, I cannot give that running up. That is my, how I relieve my stress. Well, I'm like, that might be why, you know, your, your body, even though you, she's getting that runner's high, but then, cause really it should be how you feel the next day. And if there's mm-hmm. any point in the day where you're feeling burnt out or exhausted, it's not to like push through. It's like, wait a minute. That's a sign that the body's trying to tell you something and you know, to keep pushing, pushing. I did yeah. that too. It's like keep pushing and the body is like, I want to sleep. I want to take a nap. I want to go to bed early. I want to, you know, I don't need to say yes to every last opportunity that comes along. Yeah, exactly. We've talked about this before. If another thing society has gotten to our brain is that we always have to be doing. If we're not doing, we're not achieving. And therefore, we're not good enough. And it's just like, think about like what your great grandma did and your great grandfather did. They sat on the porch and rocked in their chair, right? They were either harvesting the garden or cleaning the house or hemming some clothes. And then the other times they were playing music, they were talking with each other, they were reading, they were relaxing, you know, like it's only our society now that is just like, go, 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 do, do, do. And you're just doing all this damage. And then especially I know during my journey, I worked full time, Um, I managed a preschool and I was doing IVF at the time. So I would get up um, at the crack of dawn to make the first appointment at my hour and a half away clinic and then go straight to work from that, work a nine hour day, go home and sit and eat carbs and watch TV because I was just like so fucking burnt out. Yeah. And then you're sitting there going like, oh, I wonder why my IVF didn't work. <laughs> just like, no, I did exactly the same thing. It was like, yep, working, rushing to the clinic, you know, being secretive, not wanting to tell anyone you know, doing that same, it was like an over an hour and a half commute to the clinic and, and back and being worried I was going to miss work and all that stuff. And this, yeah, it's, and I, I, even a little while ago, I felt like my adrenals were like completely burnt out. I was out and I'm like, why do I feel like everybody's in such a rush? Like everyone's, even the way, way my husband was driving, like everything felt like so like it was on like overdrive for me. And I'm like, oh wait, like I've, I've done too much. I need to like pull it back because I should be able to go out here and not be feeling like everything's in a craziness. So I kind of had that and I'll get that way, way with coffee too, where the coffee just amps me up too much. And, and so, to, yeah, for, I guess to see if you are sensitive to that sort of stuff to see how it feels to take it out is, is 
is a good step. Not all at once if you're drinking lots of coffee. You <laughs> want to do the, the a protocol to reduce it. Gradually. Yeah. And it's funny because the adrenals isn't something you can just fix. Like nothing in the body is really, right? Like if you keep doing that damage, it's just going to come back. So even though you can kind of get yourself to a healthy state, if you revert back to your old ways, which like it's easy to do, um, yeah, your body starts telling you again. And now I know the signs. Like before I didn't know. I thought all this was normal or maybe I didn't even feel it. Maybe I just thought I didn't even maybe think that was wrong or that was bad because I just felt that way pretty much since I was 18 years old, you know, like it was normal for me to have super dry skin and get these anxiety attacks and have like, uh, I had a, well, they never diagnosed it properly, but it was like signs of an ulcer. And now I look back, I'm like, how the fuck does an 18 year old have signs of an ulcer? And then this was like crippling. And I actually got it for the first time in like a year the other day, because I just had way too much on my plate for the last like month. And I woke up with it and I went drinking for a weekend with some old friends and I haven't done that in a few years. And my body just instantly went, what the fuck are you doing? You cannot do this anymore. No, thank you. (laughs) And I just like, and I mean, it was good because I didn't want to be doing it anymore. Like it's taking me like a very long time. You know, my infertility journey was nine years and now I'm like two years out of it. Um, These you know, for anyone going through these hard changes and making diet and lifestyle changes, you know, don't beat yourself up that you're not perfect, that you haven't conquered this because it is always an evolving thing. And I think you eventually get to a point, whether it takes you a decade or a year, depending on like who you are, what type of person you are. Um, that's all right. It's okay to just fuck up and then look at yourself and go, right, I don't want that in my life anymore. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to, okay, really conquer, you know, whatever is going on. And now I know I have to live a certain way to be healthy and function. You know, I get so fucking annoyed when you see like, like that girl smoking crack who can get pregnant. Like, right. It is frustrating to watch other people live normal lives and I guess supposed to be healthy. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know you know, if they're having issues at home that they're not talking about. So if they're smoking crack, they probably do. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably something going on that they're trying to run away from. <laughs> Can't be good. But yeah. Like that, that's a common kind of trigger in the, you know, in the, in the infertility community. Like why does the person down the street, the person that's struggling with mental health, you know, they're on this, you know, whatever they are, they're, they're homeless and they're able to have a baby and you know, why, why can't I, when I'm doing all this organic eating and all this supposedly healthy things. And it's like, we all have our, we all have, you know, we don't know for them. It's not infertility. It could be cancer, diabetes, heart disease. We don't know what's, you know, what, what's led them, what's going to be for them. But for us, it's infertility. Yeah, exactly. And it can happen. I um, actually talked to a woman who has four kids and wanted a fifth and um, she couldn't get pregnant. She had two miscarriages and she's been trying for quite a few years now. She's my age. And I was like, when did you have your first child? She's like 18. I was like, yeah. well, there you go. Like over the years, you have just whacked and whacked and whacked your symptom. And that's how second, well, 
can be one of the ways secondary infertility happens is you know you were your your i always kind of try to describe it as your fertility links were there and what's ever been happening between you getting pregnant to now they've been sliced so we just need to figure out how to reconnect those and you know achieve your next pregnancy yeah and it's like that tolerance like you could have been fine with all these things for for a while you could have been fine with the stress the diet the you know all the the environmental toxins until one day it's the tipping point and then you're not yeah. And then, so then to be able to, and yeah, for you, you and I definitely had the, had our tipping point where it's like early in life. And I always wonder how early, like, this is so fucked up and I'm really hoping my mom's not listening, but like, I didn't really practice safe sex when I was with my high school boyfriend and I never got pregnant. And now I kind of wonder like, was my fertility fucked then? Like now I'm secretly going, thank God. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. If I would have got pregnant back then, that like my whole life would have been completely different. Um, but yeah, like I wonder when, like especially with the signs of the ulcer, like it, did I already do that damage? Was my links already completely gone at 18 years old? Um, and then, yeah, I didn't start trying for kids until about a decade later. So it totally makes sense now and even when you know you work with clients and I'm sure you experience this as well we're like okay what's happened in the past let's not talk about now let's talk about the last like 5 10 15 years of your life and then when you link together when you give them a picture of how fucking stressed out they were three years ago you go that's your tipping point that's that's where yeah, we're when, gonna when focus. When you were in, you know, you were in university or college, when you were going through that divorce, when you were going through like there was a death of a parent, whenever you moved across the country, you had some stressful event. Because I usually ask, yeah, same as you, like what happened? What happened here when you got your autoimmune, your autoimmune disease diagnosis? Oh, all this other stuff was going on. It's not, it's not, it's not normally. Oh, everything was fine. It's usually mm-hmm. something else that's happened at the same time. And same yeah. with, with. Um, yeah, like with infertility to be able to see to, to trace it back and to see what what's happened along the way and i would say for most of us our generation and even especially the ones younger than us the adrenal fatigue probably started in kindergarten when you had to fucking write your name in like you know like do cursive and you're like you're five years old like what is this stress why are we putting the stress on these kids you know i live in hawaii as most as you know and it's insane what um, some of the private schools, what the kids mm. have to do. And so in the preschools, they have these like funnels. So they have these preschools that um, they have to prep the kid to pass a test to even get into the school. And I'm just sitting there going like adrenal fatigue. Like that's all I can think of. No, the pressure to like produce, to be like a, a good little student. And, and, you know, once I get my grades then I'll, I'll be worthy. And like the whole school system you know, every, a lot of other industries are be, being completely disrupted by the internet. And like the, to me, the school system, you know, their teachers here in Canada are, are holding on, but I'm like, it needs a complete, a complete re, you know, revamping because the way it is, it's just doesn't even, even make sense. And you're pre- producing people. Some people obviously can't, don't succeed in it. Um, typically more boys, which I'm experiencing with my son, but, but, um, and others, it just, you've got this perfectionism type yeah. A driven, to achieve to and then you achieve it and then it's you the next the next and you're never satisfied you're never yeah. you're, you're not happy 
And then all of a sudden infertility hits and you're like, how did that fucking happen? How did that happen? And then you look back and you're like, oh, wait, look at all the stuff I was doing. Yeah, this stuff never is looking back and like we do the health history, same as you, like it's like there's there's always clues as to what was going on. And we see even more younger people coming to us in late late twenties, thirties with like low AMH, premature ovarian failure. I'm like, like that's when it happened for me. And I'm like, you know, what the heck is going on here? Like yeah. to me there's a there's a there's something going on in our in our standard Western diet and lifestyle that needs to needs to put a you know that that we've talked about this before the handmaid's tale i can it's you know may not be a um you know just a, a movie right <laughs> you know yeah. it's, uh, and i guess that kind of leads us to the second thing that's um highly likely fucking with your fertility and that's your gut function and there's several different things that can be happening in your gut. I know from my experience, I had the leaky gut syndrome, which is kind of like a new term I'm sure many people are hearing now. And basically, the lining of your gut has these junctions, and they're there to let the good stuff into your bloodstream, and then the bad stuff um, goes into your shit, basically. <laughs> but when you get leaky gut it's letting all these small particles into your blood system and then your immune system starts overreacting and it can present itself in, you know, thyroid issues, any kind of autoimmune disease. And for me, it was my um, high NK cells elevated and were attacking the embryos um, that were getting made and trying to implant, um, which is super frustrating because at the time, it just wasn't explained. There was nothing out there for me to go. That might be what my no, issue is. Take like drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I did. I took a lot of drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but also with your gut, um, you experienced candida. Yeah. So, like for me, it was, and it, and it was. That's what I thought it was for the. So, so definitely, I had like fungal overgrowth, candida for years. And really, when I dug further into the, the testing, we, we used the um, we used the GI map testing, and we dug further into that. I actually had H. pylori, so that ulcer thing. Even though I didn't have any signs of an, of um, acid reflux or GERD or any of that, it was like asymptomatic, nothing. Um, I had that, so passing it back and forth between my husband, which we see that a lot with couples. The H. pylori is going back and forth between the, the couples. Um, so bacteria, and then I also had streptococcus. So I had for years like strep throat and took like, you know, so many antibiotics for strep throat. I can't even tell you how many along with the sign. Yeah. I need to add that to my story. I can't keep forgetting that part. Yeah. I literally had strep throat for like years and years and years. Anyways. Um, so took lots of antibiotics for that. So streptococcus was, was there present and then also the fungal thing. So with the fungal or candida, we attacked that last it's opportunistic and you go after it and attack it and then it goes into hiding and you'll never get rid of it so as you start to work on the other gut infections yeah i had i had um fungal overgrowth and those other other infections going on and then using you know targeted supplements and being able to 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 address those issues and we we see this regularly with people we work with i think i don't think anyone's come back with like wow a clear stool test you know everything's good there's yeah and people get hung up on the candida because there's a lot of anti-candida diets and all sorts of things about candida. So people are going these like super restrictive diets and not eating anything. To me, I would 
do a stool test first before you try to starve out before you starve out candida because it's opportunistic and it'll come back so yeah. if we look at that one last and doing like different protocols yeah exactly so there's a few different things you have to think of with your gut i always go with you know first find out what foods your gut doesn't like you know that is the number one hands down best thing you can do for yourself and um, if you are dealing with an autoimmune um, issue you really have to look into the autoimmune protocol and look at those nightshades look at the nuts look at the eggs you know all these healthy foods that are healthy for you know other people but just aren't healthy for you um, and then obviously you have the known uh, corn dairy soy gluten <laughs> wheat you know all those um, I feel like that's like the first step of really getting there and then for a leaky gut it's um, adding in healing foods. So finding out if you are good on fermented foods, you know, adding the liver, uh, getting onto some bone broth, you know, supporting the gut to reheal. I mean, cause your body always wants to reheal, right? That that's what it's there for. It's always trying to regenerate itself. That's why you shed skin and lose your hair. Um, and it's the same with your gut. It wants to get back to a normal state, a good state of health. And then like, if you are dealing with any of those fungal or overgrowth or the bacteria or stuff, you've got to know that is an issue for you because if you're dealing with unexplained infertility or a diagnosis of any fertility, if you're not dealing with that shit, it's really hard um, to get pregnant naturally for one and heal yourself. And then even if you are doing IVF or an IUI, you know, you're not um, necessarily maximizing your chances of improving your embryos um, or your eggs at least. Yeah, because that's like the gut health. Then we see when we do the Dutch test, we see actually people's cycles start to improve. Their luteal phase, you know, will, will lengthen. Their PMS decreases. The heavy periods, all like cycle changes when you heal the gut start start to happen people get focused on their you know the basal body temperature and all that kind of stuff but i'm like let's look at the gut first yeah do you have a leaky gut i had that and i got a food sensitivity test came back i was intolerant to all my favorite foods which was a complete disaster i'm like what am i going to eat um so it's not taking all that out then it's like when you work on healing your gut you can bring those foods back in so it is only for um like that is a snapshot in time that the food sensitivity test to me it's yeah do the elimination diet take out those top allergens, dairy, gluten, soy, corn, peanuts, eggs, 10 days, systematically reintroduce. And then, yeah, if you've got an autoimmune disease, dig, dig, in, dig into AIP diet. There's a lot of, there's a number of medical studies now talking about the efficacy of the AIP diet with, if you have Hashimoto's or irritable bowel disease. So, um, like, and you and Monica, yeah, you've experienced this firsthand, obviously with, with making changes with the AIP diet. So, diet alone is like massive yeah and yeah it could suck like it does suck it does suck like freaking oreos or whatever the heck you're eating um i always say what sucks more not eating a tomato or not having a kid that's what yeah. all that i kept saying to myself i was like right what do you want more you want to eat this way or do you want to have a kid? And at that time, I didn't know if it was going to work, especially the natural pregnancy. This was not a guaranteed thing. But I psychologically had to tell myself that what was more important, because it is hard. It's hard to travel on that diet. It's hard to stick to it when no one else around you is doing it. But 
And then now the new why is like, do I want to be 60 with crazy arthritis or do I want to eat salsa? Like, that's what I have to keep telling myself. Like, I want to be fit and still snowboarding at 60 with my kids on the slope. I don't care about the salsa. Well, I do care about salsa. I love salsa, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, to you. How, not, a lot of times people come to us. It's not a sick population, right? It's, it's, you yeah. basically, they're fairly healthy. Everyone's like, I'm fairly healthy. And then as you dig into this stuff, they realize some of these seemingly, these issues they thought they had to deal with for the rest of their lives, they, they start to go away. So, um, and linking it back to, to infertility. So it is especially unexplained, right? There's, yeah, there's a reason. It's, it's crazy. Like I've done a list of all the things that improved after I went autoimmune paleo and especially the PMS and the periods and the mood swings, the anxiety. And like I said earlier, like when I fall off the wagon and drink too much or eat, you know, salsa or corn or any of that, um, it shows up. All those symptoms show up like that. The acne, you know, it shows on me. And um, yeah, you it's a forever going to be a big battle, right? But I'm just grateful that I have the knowledge to fight this battle, that I'm not Absolutely. still sitting with unexplained infertility or, you know, a major autoimmune issue. Like I luckily didn't get to a full-blown Hashimoto's or anything like that, because there are some cases where you go too far, there's no coming back. You know, your body will stay that way. You'll have to be on medication, which is fine. That's where the medication and, you know, all those um, medical services are there to help us. And we are so lucky to live in you know, a society that has that, but it's, you want to catch yourself before you get that way. Yeah, if at all possible. Podcast, there's, there's ways to do it, do this differently, right? You don't, if you, if you're struggling, like it's, it's not to focus myopically on the diagnosis and think the only option is IVF. It's like, wait, let's look at the whole body. Cause I have yet to come across someone that just has infertility. Like, yeah. It's not just like, Ooh, infertility. There's, there is always other things going on, whether it's mood, joint, skin, autoimmune, digestive, there's other issues going on and like to dig into it further. Yeah, definitely. So those are our two hidden factors of your infertility. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I would say 99% of everyone listening is dealing with at least one of them, if not both. Um, what would be your top tips for kind of you know, fixing or supporting or helping the adrenals and the gut? What would be your one for each of them? Um, yeah, like I think for the, for the adrenals, like it's the slowing down piece and like really like optimizing your sleep. If you can like get that seven to nine hours, take the phone out of the room, like get a sleep ritual, do the blue light blockers so you can, you know, make sure you're getting melatonin production, like really dig into the sleep is it would be really crucial and like we work for months on that with couples so i do sleep and you can do an epsom salt bath which is really good for the adrenals as well like before bed so nice soak add that to your routine you know and some essential oils and just really dig into that bedtime routine which routine which is really helpful for the adrenals what about you yeah 
yeah, give yourself give yourself a break because the adrenals are also linked to the immune system that we didn't really tap into. But uh, there's so much. It's it is overwhelming, isn't it? All this stuff, and I understand. I was there. Like when I was learning this, I was just like, "Geez, what?" And like you say, like introduce all these new things. Uh, but yeah, for me, definitely um, find your foods that are you're intolerant to and cut those out. And I would find a practice that um, helps you stop overthinking, you know, stop having those arguments with yourself in the shower <laughs> or while you're laying in bed, you know, finding a way that you can change the narrative and, you know, relink those wires in your head to not, you know, go so quickly and rev up your flight or fight, you know, response over whether or not someone cut you off on the road, you know, stupid, stupid shit that does not matter. Right. <laughs> yeah, uh, but they, an affirmation or, or something that you can, yeah, you can say in the beginning, you may not even, you can actually take a negative thought and then turn that around into a positive thought. So that might be more of a, an authentic affirmation for you. Cause if it's like, I will be a mother or I trust my body and that feels foreign, you can be like, okay, if I feel something negative, like, um, I don't, this this could be one that could trust my body, but like I don't trust my body, I feel broken. Then, you know, my 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 body is strong, my body is fertile, or something like that. So, take a yeah. negative thought and turn it into a positive. That could be your affirmation. I think it's all it's. I mean, it's very scientific, but it is rewiring your subconscious, and sometimes you just have to trick yourself right into believing mm -hmm. that is true. <laughs> yeah, rep repetition. Yep. Right. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Infertile Diagnosis. Um, have a beautiful weekend and we'll see you next week. A few more things before you go. If you like what we're doing, please leave a review and or a rating. We would greatly appreciate it and it would totally help us out. Also, if you'd like to connect with either of us, you can find me, Monica, over at mymindfulme.com and you can connect with Sarah over on fabfertile.com. All the links you need to find us on our websites, our social media, any products we talk about, book, special offers, or any guests that we have on, you're going to find all that information in the show notes. So that's it. Thank you once again for being with us here on the Infertile Diagnosis and have a beautiful day.